Welcome to All The Things with Tata and Laz. In this podcast, we aim to normalise all the things, especially when they're deemed taboo. We're live. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to episode eight. No. Oh, it's nine. <laughs> In episode <gasps> nine. 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 Okay, nine. I've got to clear up. She, Talia is the one that sings in the beginning of every episode <laughs> and also does the fade out, out, out. Just so you all know, okay? No judgment. I have a little bit of colour, but I'm also the one who gets the episodes right. So we are up to episode nine. Thank you for tuning in. Um, if you tuned in last week, we were talking about boundaries. And I feel like this week's um, episode is actually a really good segue into how we're pushing the boundaries by talking about something that's super taboo. But before we let you know what that is, <laughs> bit of a reach, but I like what you yeah, do. I, you know, but to just kind of try to keep you on the edge of your seat. Uh, before we do that, um, how's your week been, Lazzie? My week been um. My week has been good. I feel like I never... Yeah, I say the same thing. I really literally do nothing through the week. Um, working from home still goes <laughs> August. Loving life. Yeah, there's not a lot changing No, from week to week, <coughs> which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But if it's a good week nonetheless, then celebrate it. I've had um Chima like obviously the kids things are all open. Yeah. So he's back in like we're putting him in more sports, swimming's back mm. on. Um trying to find him a school, trying to enroll him into school next year. Dude, that's such a process. I didn't find it to be too big a process for me, only because Isla Ray's already in school. <laughs> so mm. I was like I already knew what school we were going to. I knew the school well enough to know what to do. Enrollment forms they're lengthy, but they were pretty straightforward. But Yeah, I just have, like, because they ask for all this documentation that I don't have. Yeah, you uh, look, there is a little bit of running around. You've got to go to Medicare, Centrelink. Um, as well as they actually, want, like... Actually, I'm like, that's it. No, they, <laughs> they want council rates. Like, they're asking oh, for what? all... Yeah, they're asking oh, for no, all this extra stuff. That. And I'm like, this is the school actually asking for it. And when I look at the actual New South Wales enrolment... It doesn't say any of that. So I'm like, oh, oh yeah. I'm no. going off the government and not what this bloody local school yeah, is no, I haven't. I never had to give counsel rates. Mm. But, well, interesting process. Actually, um, the kids really enjoyed starting Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu with good old chains. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they were so cute when they came back. Um, they were like, okay, so we're going to have showers and then we're going to do show and tell. And I was like, okay. And so they had their showers and then they put their whole jujitsu uniform on. <laughs> oh my god. And they came downstairs and they <laughs> demonstrated. And Isla's eight and Ari's obviously six. Yeah. She's very big and strong <laughs> for her age. And they were like, we're going to do a demo. Oh, it ended in tears from Ari. <laughs> But give him a couple of years and it'll most likely oh work God, in his favour. Because I feel like that was me and Lito growing up. Yeah. But look, from what John told me, they had a rough and tumble and he was um, rolling on the mats with an eight-year-old and he did really well. So mm. I was like, okay, well. Yeah, Mike said... Tongue and jeans coming on through. Mike said that Ari's really good. Yeah. He's quite um, athletic. Your kids are athletic. Yes. 
I was going to say that for me. It's not for me. Their athleticism I'm completely comes no, from I John. I that. I'm uncle as hell. But our family is a very, yes, so very like, strong, able-bodied. I missed out on some type of gene there. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Anyway, okay, so good week. Now, I want to know, because you be knowing all the hot topics. Yeah, they are. I'm so disorganized. Tell me. Tell but, me. Um, so, well... There's not heaps, just because I uh, I do have time, but I just always forget. Um, Beyonce, the queen, queen bee. Mm. Uh, she dropped her Black is King. On Disney. On Disney. Yeah. I'm going to openly admit I did not do my homework. I have not watched it yet. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, I've not watched it yet, but I heard it's bomb. It is. It is. It is. So it was basically back story to it is it's supposed to be an adaptation or kind of like, uh, yeah, ode to the Lion King. So her um, interpretation of that through her music videos and stuff. And I was like, oh, here we go. Like, I'll just watch, um, <coughs> I'll just watch her videos and it will be, you know, what it is. But I loved the interpretation because it was kind of, to me, like, um, it looked like she... I don't want to give it away for the people that haven't seen it, but it was kind of like... Oh, well, then why are we talking about that? <laughs> well, no, it was kind of like... Well, if you haven't seen it, I'm fully judging you because it's like the... No, I do really want to see it, but it, look, I've had a very busy couple of days. I really have. <laughs> don't look at me like that, bitch. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally believe you. Um, I don't get to watch anything during the day without interruption, so that's why I choose not to watch it. I've been to sleep at like 8 o'clock, yeah, 8.30. Yeah, I know. You have a good life. <laughs> oh, okay. That's the first... Okay. Let's go back. Black is king. Black is Don't king. give too much so, away. I won't give too much away, but what I got from it is... Damn judgments. Obviously, it's like taking, you know, you know the story of Lion King, and if you don't, too fucking bad. <laughs> but like, you know, his dad dies, who's the king of the jungle, his uncle tells him to run away, his uncle... You know, don't take, oh, we just anyway, the whole story. So basically, you know, it follows this young black boy, and it's like the story of African Americans being they were kings in Africa, then they were taken. Well, not everyone was a king, but that's a, that's a different okay. story. They were taken, you know, essentially, um, what's the word? The. What's the word I'm looking for? The, the meta. No, the. Oh, God. It's analogy. Kind of like that. <laughs> it's, um, so their father dying was their, you know, spirituality dying and them moving and becoming slaves. And then I saw it mm-hmm. as like, um, this is my interpretation. Yeah. And then them finding, you know, how Simba finds, um, happiness with being carefree with Pumba and Simone, and yeah. Simone is like, uh, Hakuna yeah, like not a care in the world. And he gets sucked into the, like, life with no responsibility and the um eating whatever they want doing whatever they want and it's kind of synonymous to how african-americans have been sucked into the materialistic way not all african-americans but you know generally that that lifestyle that they want to attain the riches of something that's not anything to do with them Mm. um capitalism and all of that and then them realizing like I am king, like, let me go back to the pride lands, let me go back to the motherland, and going back and realising their identity, and realising that they are king, black is king. And I just thought it was such a good artistic interpretation of 
of society of the black experience yeah in terms of like linking it to oh i can't wait to watch it it's amazing definitely bringing that to my attention it is amazing i was like crying through parts of it because i was like okay well you're a crier yeah (laughs) um can i just tell you hakuna Matata is still one of my favorite songs (laughs) it is great it really is that whole movie i remember as a kid memorizing all of the songs I used to charge my parents to sit down and let me sing See, it. See, I couldn't them. watch The Lion King as a kid. I watched oh, it I like once it. or twice. It was devastating. It was too sad for me. Yeah, it was devastating. I couldn't. I couldn't enjoy it. Well, life is devastating sometimes, Aaron. Yeah, so. but we. No. life is devastating, so we should watch comedy. <laughs> how i believe yeah no oh, i can't wait to i can't wait to watch it watch um, it you'll be happy maybe i'll indeed. go to sleep a little bit later this maybe. week and <laughs> life man um oh and what what about what's happened in um lebanon dude oh that is that is tragic so um i actually i haven't checked the news in a little bit um but what's their what's their count I don't know. I don't go by the you know I don't watch the news. but I don't go by the news's count anyway because I remember when Grenfell happened in London. I was in London at the time, and they were trying to report that there were only twelve deaths in all of that whole high rise building that burnt down, and to this day they don't account for all the missing people, and I'm just like. Oh, yeah, I don't. I just. I just never go by the count. Well, of I know there's media. thousands and thousands and thousands of injuries. But I'm saying that they did say four thousand. <laughs> they did oh, okay. say four thousand wounded. I think what I last saw was like seventy-eight dead, confirmed dead. Mm. Um, four thousand wounded. But like the footage is insane. It's. I've never is, seen anything like it. Yeah, and I like you know hard out to everybody that's currently affected and you know suffering from this this tragedy because apparently it started in a warehouse but you can see in the footage that it started off with like just constant smoke billowing Mm. um you know in the sky and then from all of the footage that you see that people are recording and then it's like well there's already theories and stuff out there like you see some people saying oh you can see a missile coming in and then you can uh people are saying their family in lebanon have been saying that um that Israeli aircraft was flying over allegedly, oh, um, but just minutes before. Um, and then you can other people are saying that um, the explosion, if you look closely, isn't actually coming from where the fire was. Oh, and that's crazy. So it's like this is part of the problem <clears throat> that happens is that it then opens up this world of conspiracy theorists, different <clears throat> different theories to place blame really yeah well it's just well no one will ever i feel like it's so hard for the public to To really ever ever know know. yeah um but it just i always say like try and follow the money trail because wars are usually wars are usually um linked to or acts of terror are usually linked to some type of money hungry game. money or political yeah. yeah but our love and prayers to yeah all in lebanon oh my god Very sad. love to love my people in lebanon and it's so sad super sad um, the footage the constant footage of all those innocent people just filming what they thought was a fire yeah, yeah. crazy so much debris so much collateral um but yeah on a light note mm-hmm. um not to make light of that, but moving on. Yeah. Also, 
the Queen of Kindness, a lot of queens this week, the Queen of Kindness um, allegedly has had basically her whole reputation. I don't know if you've seen it in the news. Do you know who I'm talking about? Ellen DeGeneres. Yes. So it's been in the news for the past couple of weeks. I feel like a couple of weeks, but maybe... Yeah, I feel like you mentioned this a couple of weeks ago to me, but not... Maybe, yeah, I mentioned last week. So she, um, basically all these people have come forward, especially people who work at her company, um, saying it's such a toxic place to work there. She's a nasty, nasty person. I actually feel like this type of info has been circulating for a really long time. But now it's in the mainstream media. Yeah. Because remember back in the day, um, my sister knew someone or something who worked there at the Ellen DeGeneres studios. And she was saying, Oh my God, it's so horrible. To-. This was like years ago. She was saying it's so horrible to work there. It's such a toxic environment. And don't even, um, she was saying, don't believe, you know, what you see on TV. Ellen basically allegedly is a horrible person. Oh, wow. And so, which makes me so <clears throat> sad because I've been loving on Ellen for a very long time. Oh, um, take it for a grain of salt ever since I heard that story. But yeah, before that, I was too. Yeah, I, and look, this is where I think sometimes your love of what a person puts out can be so. Um, it can be. Oh, it's like rose tinted shades because when you hear of other things, it's like, oh, maybe they're just a disc- disgruntled employee. Yeah. It's like, don't take away like this love and this idea. Yeah. And I think that's the case in a lot of aspects of life. Yeah. But yeah, there's, I think, been way too much rumor and small there's speculation. Been, but basically, you have to, when you I look at things like this, I think, okay, first of all, I've already heard something about her mm. years ago. And then you think, how many people are coming forward? Like sexual assault cases. Yeah. How people are coming forward with the same type of story, and then no one's coming forward to defend. Is there yeah. anybody defending? I think there was one, some one person come to her defense. <coughs> and so, I mean, if you're yeah. looking at the evidence, <laughs> the evidence don't lie. Yeah. So, well, that's real, <clears throat> real crazy. Given what her tagline at the end is, of every single show is, "Be, be kind, kind to one another." To one, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So and it's like, bitch, come on, Ellen, be kind. Say that to the mirror. <sighs> all right. So um, <coughs> that's we, all I got. <laughs> well, I you're still keeping me in the know with all the things that are hot topics, but we are um, we're actually going to move into our topic of this week, uh, and that is <sighs> that was my drum roll. Finances. Finances. Money. 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 It's a money. Oh. In a, uh, <laughs> I don't know. We stuffed this up last time. I know. Um, but yes, we are. I think we sang the wrong words last week, didn't we? Uh, but we're going to talk about money. We have a guest coming on. Um, and before we bring her on, we're actually going to take a quick break and yeah, let y'all hear the ad. Bye. Bye. Yeah. So, thanks for joining us, cousin. We have a special guest with us, um, Larice, and we're going to get you to introduce yourself in a minute. But, um, yeah, how are you going? How's your week been? Good. Um, the overwhelm has been real. Last week, when I'm like, I actually work part-time now. So, just recently, we entered the workforce 
Um, it was supposed to be two days a week, but last week it ended up being six days. <laughs> um, Busy. So, yeah, so the overwhelm has been real. So this week I'm just sort of catching up on mum life. <laughs> and I think you guys may have seen, but the state of my house was really bad. So I'm still catching up. I love watching those videos I you know. put up because I... it's like watching um, <laughs> like someone paint or just, you know, those sensory videos. Yes, I yes. Seeing it from messy to clean. So meanwhile, <laughs> I'm sitting in mess at my house and I'm sitting there watching your videos like clean up. I'm like, that's so satisfying. Well, I, I find it's only the mums that find it satisfying and the ones that don't have kids are like, oh, that was really exhausting. And I'm like, damn, that wasn't the vibe I was trying to give out. But thanks for the feedback. <laughs> no, mums appreciate it. <laughs> it's therapeutic to watch. Uh, so... We are talking about money this week and we've asked you to join us for a specific reason. Mm -hmm. And so um, so Larissa is our cousin, but she's recently brought out some, some new material um, <laughs> to try and inspire all of us. So, Cuz, do you want to give us a... Just give us a little bit that. of... Yeah, a rundown. <laughs> Introduce yourself. Yeah. Tell us... Tell us your story. Yeah, I'll keep it really punchy because I understand, um, yeah, I'll keep it really punchy. So essentially, I guess where my story starts and how it came that I decided to, first of all, publicise my Instagram page, which um, was a bold move on my behalf because I've actually never been public before on Instagram ever. I've always been private. Mm. Um, so I decided to rebrand my personal Instagram page about the end of May, actually, I just something really compelled me. You know how people have their personal IG pages about their weight loss journey? Yeah, yeah. Well, this was sort of like my um, my money journey that I wanted to share because I felt like it would resonate with a few people and it would be something that might inspire somebody else that might be at my starting point. So essentially... Yes, I love that. Yeah. So four years ago, um, I, I found out I was pregnant when I was 29 weeks and six days. Um, <laughs> yes um, and it was actually I was I was actually explaining to Tata last night on the phone that um, it was actually your grandma that was the person that you kind can't of, hide anything from yeah, her she'd be knowing she, I bumped into her and she was in, sitting in a wheelchair and she asked me in someone she was like it go away and which means you know are you pregnant and I was like oi auntie Leigh. I was like you know no 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 um, just, you know, just finished eating um a bread roll I think I'm just <laughs> I, was, I was really taken back but then I was like shit could I be sorry for swearing I was like crap no, could sorry. I be um because I've suffered with PCOS for quite a number of years so anyways my partner was being discharged from hospital. He had a broken arm. Told them to jump to the doctors. Didn't even explain why I was going. They asked no questions. Went and got a random test. Turns out I was pregnant. And then that weekend, I went to the hospital because my stomach was really hurting. They gave me an emergency scan. And then it turns out I had 10 weeks to prepare for a baby. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. So I guess I'll just, I guess I'll etch it out just for 30 more seconds. But, um... <laughs> I guess that year, so in 2015, given that at the time I was just new into my relationship with my partner at the time again, um, and we were young and careless with our money and we obviously didn't anticipate for a child, so we had, in essence, accrued a lot of debt 
between the two of us, between two car loans, um, a credit card, three personal loans and an overdraft. And then when we add an unexpected pregnancy into the mix, that's where things actually got really, really hard for us. So yeah, um, yeah. we had in total about 75 grand worth of debt and I was only 20 and he was 24. Wow. So yeah, so that's really where my money story kind of took off. And then I guess like the, the lowest point for me was six days before my daughter was born. I went and um, I went to Fantastic Furniture and I was like, crap, I really need a bed. So I went there, I applied for finance and, finance and they knocked me back. And I think it was only a small amount for something humble, like $500 or something. And I got the email back saying like, sorry, we've declined your request for finance. Um, you should probably check out your credit score. So from there, I was like, I really need to pull my head in and get a grip of like my finances because if I can't even get approved from $500 for a better mattress, then something's going awfully wrong here. Yeah. So yeah. that's sort of where my story started. Wow. And so five years later. Yeah. Four and a half years later, yep. Four and a half years. Yeah. And this is why I think I'm loving your gram and I'm loving that you're trying to normalise the conversation about money because mm. – Tell us four and a half years down and where are you at from 75000 in debt to now? Yeah, so um, on that day when I got declined, so I was actually sitting on one of, you know, like the showroom beds. I was on the yeah. phone to Lombard Finance. They were like, sorry, um, we can't approve you. And I just felt this like deep sense of shame because I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm about to have a baby in six days' time. I can't be like I you know, have no game plan, like what the hell. So essentially from there until now, there's been a lot of highs and lows, but essentially at that point my credit score was at 469, which um, if we're talking credit scores for some crediting bureaus, it can be you can be scored out of 1,200 and with other um, credit bureaus you can be scored out of 1,000. Yeah. So um, with the credit bureau that I go through, which is Credit Savvy, which is backed by the Australian government, um, money smart. Um, I'm now at 800 and I've just forgot. I literally just got an update today. Mm. I'm, I think I'm at the 830 30 mark now. So, so that's, um, is that considered good? Yes, that's considered um, in the excellent range. So, and like okay, higher up the scale, is that right? With, yes. With an, yeah. 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 Um, and so, Basically, from when our debt story started, so from when that that particular incident happened um, before my daughter was born, I made a commitment and a declaration to myself that from that point forward, we are not going to be living beyond our means. We're going to start nutting down on our debt and actually addressing the um, underlying issues that we have with money and actually starting to get into financial literacy and understanding how we can better understand financial literacy to help us become more self-sufficient so yeah. um yeah oh I love that you did that and actually were proactive in taking control of it because yeah like I can only speak for myself but <laughs> I I remember I had um a debt issue with my credit card mm. 
And for me, I just let it accumulate because it was a problem and I didn't want to deal with that. I wanted to live my life. So I let it accumulate until I got back to Australia and then it turned into, like this was the first debt I'd ever had, Mm. turned into something like I think it was like $7,000. And I still didn't pay it off in instalments. I because for me, how my mind works, I thought that that would just be a waste of money. Mm. Um, so I just waited till I had, like, the whole chunk of the money and I just paid it off all in one go. Yeah. And, like, I don't know if that's beneficial or if beneficial for me and my credit if mm. I had just um, paid it off in instalments, do you know, instead yes. of just leaving it. Absolutely. And um, I think the one thing that I'm so grateful for and that I recognise that there is a demand for this topic, the topic of money, financial literacy, is because since opening up and publicising my story and putting up certain things that have happened in my real life, Mm. um, so many women in particular have messaged me privately about their own stories um, and particularly around credit card debt and just around avoiding debt altogether and not having a plan and and not taking the time to actually carve out a budget simply because they don't want to address their issue and they don't want to address how bad it is. Yeah. Um, It's funny because – oh, sorry. No, you go. So because Lauren and I have obviously spoken about this at length. We've spoken about it with our family as well. Mm. Um, And funnily enough, I'd shared that today – of all days when we do this podcast, mm. this is the first time that I can ever claim to be debt-free. Ooh, um, that's yeah, amazing. So, I know, honestly. I'm like, oh, I'm out here shrugging my shoulders. Like, yeah, <laughs> hey, um, king, uh, black is king as a, yeah. as a gift. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, as, as someone who has, like, you know, what you said earlier, there is so much shame Mm. as a society placed on being in debt but Mm. so many people are in debt yeah and I know that the conversations around money are not ones that have come very easily especially not in your home or family environment and I think Mm. that's actually where they need to start um but like I'm you know I'm in my 30s for crying out loud and this is the first time that I can claim to be debt free yeah um consumer debt free Yes, yes um but you know the idea of looking back when I was in you know the oh the heaviest of shame Mm -hmm. and feeling the most anxiety about feeling like debt was a big deep black hole yeah um you know I I used to probably in my early 20s there was a, a period of time where I used to think about and cry about money almost every day yeah and it's funny because you know I still had food in my belly. I still had a roof over my head. I still had a job. Mm-hmm. But it was this overwhelming sense of I'll never get away from it. Well, it's it. funny mm. the amount of shame we hold because we live in such a value, money, value-based money society yeah. that, um, like, for me, it was just, like, it made me feel so horrible it made me depressed yeah. when I thought about it so yeah, exactly it, and it gave me this pit in my stomach like oh god I I it made me feel worthless if yeah. I, those are the words it made me mm. feel worthless that I had this debt and then you have the harassing calls from debt collectors mm-hmm. like making you feel like you're doing something really bad mm. um and so that's why I, you 
for me, I just avoided it. I was like, oh, that just makes me feel horrible. I'm just going to avoid that yeah. altogether. Yeah. Which you're not the first. Like people live by avoidance and denial mm -hmm. and that's where sometimes it manifests into something manifests is one of my favorite words into your health as well yeah, yeah. It has to be, yeah you know what when they say that money is a root of all evil it really can destroy people you look at greed you look at you know depression and anxiety and blame and and this especially when people put so much um value on money yeah. when they don't have enough of it they start to be resentful yes um of of not having enough and then that then affects your relationships so you right. know your partnerships your marriages um so i actually wanted to ask you mm. reese yeah. is that you know you were 22 you said yeah i was and 22 and your partner was 24 yeah i remember taking out my first personal loan when i was 20 yes and i look back now and i'm just like oh girl that was a mistake <laughs> where do you think this idea that going into debt at such a young age was like where do you think along the road mm. your perception at that time could have been different well it's interesting because my first corporate role was actually working for the national australia bank and i've also worked at commonwealth bank as well so you would have thought that given that you know a small well, the first introduction to corporate life because I've had, you know, mortgage banking training and credit card training and internet bank training that, you know, I would, you know, have that financial literacy and understanding to know that um, those types of responsibilities at such a young age maybe isn't so wise. But yeah. yeah. That is sometimes isn't the case. But um, <laughs> I think it really well i'm just going to speak in my experience it really comes down to it's a it's it's very personal in terms of your situation and your living um your living situation as well so even though i was living with my parents unfortunately i've come from a household where financial literacy uh is non-existent oh. um and i've come from a household where We've basically basically lived paycheck to paycheck, mm -hmm. yeah. and so which is not un it's not uncommon. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and especially it's sort of, in Pacifica, um, yes. this is the Pacific, yeah, yeah, um, and it sort of ties into like the whole topic of living beyond our means. Um, mm -hmm. That was basically in my family really is just not having a budget. So, anyways, tie, tying back to your question, um, similarly to you taking on um, huge chunks of debt at 20 i took on my huge chunks of debt a, a month before my 21st birthday and i just think now looking back through a lens of love and just um empathy if that was my daughter i would be having really serious long discussions with her about seriously considering um what freedoms will be taken away from her if she takes that on because for me personally taking on a car loan, taking on a credit card loan meant my so-called gap semester from my studies ended up being two and a half years because I simply had too much debt to allow me to actually go back and finish my degree. Yeah. Um, so I really feel that parents, if you're listening and you're a mum or you're a dad, you play a really vital role, a very instrumental role in your child child's life in order to support them. And I really feel that planning has to start from when 
you know, at least if not from when they're born, when they're young, having a plan in place for them for when they get to that university level. If they don't want to go to university, that's fine. But at least having something there for them to start off their life. Because for me, I had nothing. My, mm-hmm. I had no help whatsoever. When I went to college, I literally relied on Centrelink and money from my cleaning jobs and side jobs. And yeah. that's why I believe I was in that rut of applying for various things because um, – unfortunately my mum I'm not going to really say my dad because my dad didn't really have much involvement with that but my mum didn't really have any uh, strategies in place to help me really thrive and be successful in my young adulthood life so and that's that's just it right so if like and I know a lot of people like to play the blame game on their parents yeah um, yeah, but your parents can't teach you what they don't know that's right and so like I Laren and I was chatting so Laren's very money savvy Mm. no Um, I'm not I'm not money savvy. She's more money savvy than me. So that's why I'm like, girl, I, I literally, we were just brought up with a mother who was a single mother. Yeah. yeah. And she never gave us money. So from the time we were able to work, which you is 14, be, yeah. we got jobs and we paid for everything ourselves. And so we knew the value of our money. And my mum just always was like, save your money. She'd always say, save your money. Yeah. We didn't when we were younger, but now we do. And she all also, to this day, has the mentality of, like, you don't need that. Why would we buy that? You don't mm, need yeah. it. And I so we that. just don't buy, like, a lot of things, yeah. generally, me and my sisters. And so then Which we is excellent. just grew up with the mentality of saving. Yes. But in terms of financially savvy, no, I'm definitely not. Like, I don't know how to cre- check my credit score. Yeah, I don't, I don't, know, know, I don't know how to do um, that. I'm too scared to because I'm like, what if it fucks with my credit score? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know, you know, how to yeah. invest or how to, like, what I should do to capitalise on my savings. All mm-hmm. I know how to do is save my money. I think money yeah. savvy was probably, yeah, you're probably right. It was the wrong term to use. But you are more responsible with your money than what I've ever been. Yeah. And this is where, you know, Lauren mentioned that her mum, you know, was just, she would tell she would tell them to save. She didn't give them any money. Where I worked from the same age that Lauren and her sisters mm-hmm. did as well. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, with my mum, and, you know, there's a four-year age gap between my sister and I. I'm the baby. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, Ebony moved out of home relatively young that I was the only kid there by the time I was 14 and working. Right. And I had my money and I'd spend it however way I wanted. And if I ran out of money, my mum just gave me yeah. money. That's why yeah. I loved coming out with you. I'd be yeah. like, what are we going to do? <laughs> and, so much means. But, you know, in hindsight, that that's actually worked to my detriment do you know what I mean yes. and again and I don't blame my mum for that I no. I did not seize an opportunity to um to you know to think critically about how I could be using my money more wisely how I could be putting my money aside and working towards other things hence mm. at the age of 20 I was getting a personal loan to buy a whole bunch of furniture so I could move to Queensland for mm. when I was 21 yeah um, and then to be honest, I look at that time when I was 21, living in Brisbane, living in an apartment at some point on my own, and then I got a housemate. When I first moved there, I was the brokest I have ever been in my entire life. Oh, and yeah. I was the happiest. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Look, not, that's not to say that I'm not happy now. I'm very happy. But <laughs> I mean, I was, as a, as a young adult... I was so broke. Those first few months were hell, mostly because wild and free. (laughs) Um, So, you know, in those first few months, I was so 
oh, I was so homesick, mm. but I was so broke, but so like I was thriving off that independence yeah, and, and that I had to learn. But, you know, fast forward 12 years and I still was learning the the hard life of, of money management. Yeah, like, I got shit. I know. <laughs> I'm kind of but for me, I could not tell you how, how freeing it feels to know that I don't owe anybody nothing. Yeah, that's right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, but you know, sorry, coming back to, you know, being influenced and the, the advice that you said about your fam, like our families, specifically, you know, we just mentioned that in Pacifica and Maori culture, mm. money isn't spoken about, right? But I noticed that money's spoken about when it's needed. Yeah, so when, that's we, right. when we look at, you know, our cultural, you know, traditions or, yeah, the father of lovers, yeah. um, when we've got weddings, funerals, um, birthdays, birthdays and, yeah, and yeah. this I think comes back to when there's so many instances of people living beyond their means. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, I like, and you obviously would be able to give more insight than Lauren and I yeah. would about the father of lovers. <laughs> so, you know, can you share with us some experiences or mm -hmm. even just the things that you know about how the damaging pressure. that this pressure <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my mother is actually Samoan born. She was adopted to New Zealand when she was around five years old. Mm -hmm. um, and to this day, her mother and I would say about 90% of her siblings still reside in Upolu, which is the mainland of Samoa. And given that we obviously do have those direct links with our relatives that still live back in the motherland, it obviously comes with the territory of um, being the sole contributor to a lot of our lovely lovers. So mm. um, I guess if we take it back from a historical point of view, originally, you know, our culturally, lover lovers were um, actually very simplistic um, practices because uh, from a geographical perspective or point of view, when our people would pass away, um, because of the heat in Samoa, there was obviously no morgue, so we would typically start planning the funeral the following day. Yeah. And it was a very simple practice. But I think as the years have gone on, um, there's been a lot of, like, opulence and this whole mm. idea of, like, being mamalu, so that means um, having honour when you, I guess, give. So, like, yeah. the more you give equates to more ma the more mamalu you are, which is yeah. you know, equating to having more honour. Um, and so from my own personal perspective, because I don't want to speak on behalf of our entire community because I'm sure there might be some that might oppose what I think, Mm -hmm. But I just feel that somewhere along the lines we've sort of strayed from the heart of our culture, which is all about taking that time out to support and show love to our family. That's what yeah. it really is. It yeah. goes beyond the, fi the financial expectation and obligation of giving. Yeah. It's actually about stopping what you're doing and actually helping in any way that you can to support the family. Which yeah. isn't always monetarily. No. I, yeah. Um, it's and almost, I, would you say that in some ways or in some instances that it's become a one-upper? It, it's tied in with the church culture as well. That's and, right. And, 
the tithing and, and mm. you know, in Samoa, a lot of churches I've heard, so I don't know, yeah. I've heard that, um, that when they give tithing, they have to announce how much they're giving to everybody. Yes, that's and so it's le- literally Hence like... The shame. Yeah, the shame and hence, you know, the honour of the family. And so it ties into all of that of what you were saying. So it's like, yeah, I I do agree with you. I think it has kind of lost its way. And I think that's why a lot of like our mother, their sisters and brothers, um, kind of push back a lot on our grandparents. um, Because a lot of the time, it's just money that's going to the church for for people who we don't know. Yeah. Or your second but, cousins, sisters, brothers, aunties, yeah. son. Yeah. Um, and, and just and, to save face. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there might be the pushback of the financial contribution, but then there is the, you know, hey, but we want to be there. We want to be present. We want to show up as a family to support and contribute, whether it be with cooking mm. or whether it be, you know, to, to be present for the family should they need rides, should they need to be picked up, should they need us to do flowers, like yeah. helping hands by physical presence and, like, service from the heart rather than just the financial part. Mm. Um, it but plays yeah, a so massive role into, huge. I would say, a lot of our... Pacifica families here in Australia and New Zealand and wherever, like probably even in America as well. Um, like just to kind of give you context and an example, like I have a friend who's in a different denomination to what I am and they are, so when there's certain conferences in their church, they are expected to come up with 10 grand per family. What? Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of financial burden and strain on that families. That is not practical even, at all. Yeah, from their churches. And, I mean, who am I to look in and say, oh, my gosh, that's so wrong? Because at the end of the day, that's their choosing. But then when I know that they're struggling, they're falling behind on their bills, they barely have any money to eat or feed their children or get essentials or pay for their daycare fees or even have petrol to get around. Yeah. Um, it really makes me sad because I feel like this is not the way and this is why our people are not going to be able to move forward. I'm not progressing. Yeah. 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 Mm. But no, I can show. say I'm going to say that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so wrong. And but- for a church to sit back and allow that to be a thing mm. mate name and shame <laughs> <laughs> like that that sense of expect that expectation and sense of obligation yeah can be so damaging emotionally mentally but of course financially like people go into some serious debt just to save faith yeah and it's like it's like oh mate weddings I know so many families, I know so many families that put themselves into like crazy debt for 12 hours, for 12 hours of your life. And I'm not talking like, you know, 10, 15, I'm talking like 70, 80, some 100 plus grand Mm -hmm. for one day of your life. And don't get me wrong, weddings are super special, right? But But it's it's a huge business. It's an actual $74 billion industry. It's crazy. I but, made that number up, but it's something in the billions. <laughs> okay. see, see how she said it was so much conviction? Yes. It was totally believable. But see, I told you I'm gullible. It's something like that. <laughs> but um, you know what I mean? Like, and it's just so I think back and like John and I have been married for what? We're coming up to 10 years. Wow. 
And, you know, like our family pitched in, like our parents pitched in for our wedding. So we all pitched in, um, you know, the same amount each. And I still think, like, we got married in New Zealand mm. and I think our wedding cost us about 20 grand. And back then I was just like, that is so much money. And I think back now... And I'm like, oh, that's nothing compared I to... I think right now I think that's so much money. Yeah, it's still so much money, right? But now that I know that people are spending $100,000, I'm like, oh, I think of how well we could have kickstarted our marriage... Mm. With 20K? With, with 20K. And look, to be honest, like we got married and it was lovely. There were so many things that I didn't like about the day. But I I remember months before we got married, I actually... we We had wanted to just go and get married just him and I yeah. because you know it was less stress less financial strain um and at the end of the day it's about the the union you know yeah. what I mean it's not this big show it's not the greatest showman um you know <laughs> um, what I mean but I just I get really worried when people think that in order to look apart or to play a part for the day mm. that they need to go above and beyond. And this is what I meant by doing a one-upper or keeping up with the Joneses, mm. that they put themselves, they set themselves back literally decades mm. in order to repay that amount of money. I think, fuck the Joneses. <laughs> fuck the Joneses. Everyone needs to say this every day of their lives and just stay in your lane, yeah. do good for you. But, yeah. I think sometimes it really comes it really comes down to what you value as a person. Yeah. And I think it's very telling when you see somebody that you might know or somebody you might follow on social media um, and the lifestyle they lead because it's very telling of their values. So if they drive mm -hmm. a Hilux when you know that they still owe you $200 or <laughs> they're yeah. rocking the latest mics or TNs or yeah. what, whatever the case yeah. may be, but they're still living at home with mum and dad, which, hey, I'm not hating because that's not a bad thing at all. Cause, yeah, no, we're no, we're all living with our mum. <laughs> yeah, but it's just, it's very telling of somebody's values and also their priorities as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just very interesting. Yeah, social media has definitely bloody <laughs> um, lied to a whole yeah. generation about yeah. what, where people are in life. Um, so I think we need to remind ourselves not to not to um take that as a yeah, yeah. it's added benchmark. to the shame yeah. right it's added yeah. to oh but these guys have like this and that 15 16000 followers or 50000 followers because they're always sporting like the newest gears mm. or they're always out here and it's super exy and it just creates this like honestly consumerism is a biatch yeah. it's not um, even just that sometimes you see girls like you follow cute girls that yeah, yeah. are pretty and they always look nice and they'll be sponsored by fashion nova or yeah, yeah. whatever and you want you just like just it's just like shopping so you're yeah. like oh those jeans i want those jeans and yeah then you click and anyway but um not little do we know that they're getting all that stuff for free and here yeah, yeah. Like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but i just wanted to ask you cuz um what like I love that you're making this conversation like trying to normalize it mm. um and so I want to ask you what was what are the conversations that you kind of want to want to um sh educate your children on or yeah. you know instill in your kids growing up so that they're more prepared yeah absolutely that's a great question so at the minute um, my daughter has her own money box in her room. 
Um, and so we've sort of just introduced that around two years ago. So every time she does something around the house, we'll give her a coin or we'll give her a note. And she puts that in her money box and because it's um, clear. Because it's clear she's able to obviously watch that grow. So we're just wanting to introduce to her the principles of um, working hard for money and saving. Um, And I guess for me, the main points that I'd really love to teach her as she grows into um, a young girl would be um, about delayed gratification because we definitely live in... Uh, a time yeah. where it's about you know uh, get now pay later yeah uh, and so I really want to instill that very valuable principle to her about um, working hard for something that you want rather than after paying it enjoying it and then still having the burden of having to pay it back yeah. Um, I love that so much, mm, Yeah, especially with her generation, even more so than our generation, Mm -hmm. we'll have more afterpay type apps and all of that stuff bombarding them. So that's such a key thing to instill in your kids. Like Isla Ray, um, she really wanted to get a tablet. Um, She was like, I just really want an iPad or a tablet. I was like, okay, girl, you need to save your money. (laughs) And she saved her money and she ended up buying this tablet and we bought a case for her because we were like, good on you, you know, gracious milestone. So she bought this tablet. I think it was $100. Um, and she lo- She was like, oh, I got my tablet. Blah, blah. <laughs> and then she lost it. Oh, no, <laughs> she's still not found she's it. Still not found it. <gasps> we're pretty certain it's around the house, right? Um, and she's asked if she could use like our iPad or our like our iPhones and I'm just like no 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 <laughs> and she was like oh why and I go because this is why you bought a tablet and I said and unless you unless you look for it you will have to reap well you have to live with the consequences that you no longer have something to work on mm-hmm. um because you've so carelessly misplaced something that you held a lot of value to mm-hmm. um and I kid you not it's probably been um, two months since she's misplaced it and she's forgotten all about it and I don't know how I feel about it because I'm just like okay so we taught you that you needed to be probably because she doesn't want to feel bad about it so she just doesn't bring it up to you well no because I said to her I, I said if you I'm find it I said if you find it then you can have I was like <laughs> This is how you know. I don't know if it's a good lesson. I was like, if you find it, you can you can have iPad time for an hour. And she was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna find it. That was short lived. <laughs> but I think the the idea of delayed gratification is something that we as adults can learn yeah. um, as a lesson. Well, I think we first need to learn it as a lesson before we can start trying to teach our kids. Because yeah. um, even for us, it's really easy to get swept up in. Um. Yeah, like mm-hmm. like you said, the afterpays, what the, what the zip pay. I don't is. use any of that shit. Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> I've used it. I haven't used it in. Oh gosh, like. Oh, to me, seven it screams trap. Use me, I'm trapped. Yeah, I but think if you go into it, like, it's about, again, it's about the um financial literacy. If you're trying to like live beyond your means to try and, you know, 
what's how do I explain it? Mm. Like if you literally don't have the money and you know you're not going to have the money, yeah. then it's silly. Yeah, live under your means. Yeah. Yes. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Cuz? Like, yeah, um, on living, living um within your means or under your means or. Yeah. Sorry, to that question, you've mm. put up some really great stories and we'll put your mm. handle in, um, like, on our post when we post about this episode. You've put up some really good stories about, like, your buys and where mm. you've saved yes. money yeah. and like, all of it. So good. So, so good. So, yeah, talk to us about that. So, essentially, yeah, living beyond our means, that's just essentially spending more than you can actually afford. So if you feel this is you, the telltale signs are really... I guess things to look for if this could be you is are you carrying a balance on your credit card after each month um if you're not saving at least five percent of your take-home paycheck whether that be weekly fortnightly monthly if you have absolutely no emergency fund if you're currently paying for a car you can't actually afford to if you've got it on a lease and you can't actually afford the repayments Mm. if you don't have any money left at the end of the month if you have paid an overdraft fee because something's come out and you've had not enough money in your account or if which is probably relevant to a lot of people you've never set a budget um and I guess I guess well I haven't really opened up about this but I did oh at the time funnily enough I was messaging Casey um shout out to Casey hi Casey if you're listening (laughs) um I've always had a really great connection with her, so I felt comfortable to open up to her at the time that I was going through this. So it was in my first year of being a mother. um, And, yeah, like I was saying, we were in the thick of our debt. And a year prior, before we had serenity, Nate and I would often volunteer our time for food banks. And we got, we felt a lot, a sense of, like, um, fulfilment and joy being involved in those initiatives to help the community. Mm. Lo and behold, a year later, I'm the person with my child going to a food bank getting food um, just to eat for that week. And to add to that, I was driving 30 minutes away to a Salvation Army to get um, an energy, like, voucher to pay for my utilities. And I shared this with Casey at the time. I'm not sure if she can remember, but I shared it to her via DM on Instagram. Um, And, yeah, that was, like, a really low point. And so it was through those struggles that, and especially being so young, being 22, there's no manual of, like, when you have your first kid, this is how you need to do your household or this is how you can save money or this is how you can, um, there's all these great incentives out with the government and if you apply for this, this will help you, right? Like Mm. um, that's not how the government works. So they don't just give you a a cheat sheet of like this is what, these are all the things. Yeah, no. Struggle first, learn later. Yeah, that's right. So anyways, I guess to answer your question, um, it was from those moments, like going to a food bank for the first time and having to reach out to um, shout out to Salvation Army because of them helping me in my time of need. That's why I always support them. But, um, yeah, those through those moments, it's taught me to be frugal. And even if you do have the money to, you know, say get an Uber Eats or um, go out and splurge, yeah, maybe don't. Like, if yeah. it's not an absolute necessity, if it's not a date night, if it's just a YOLO thing, really re- reevaluate 
how you're actually um, utilizing every single dollar because you work, I'm assuming that for all our, all of your listeners, you work de- way too damn hard to just spend recklessly. Mm, um, yes. You know, it's time away from your kids, time away from your family um, and time away from your passions. So um, for me, it's all about in my household, how can I cut back on costs? So whether yeah. it be, this year, I've really challenged myself to go um, more home brands, and that's definitely um, benefited us a lot. Mm. Um, what else have we done? We also return our bottles. Um, oh my gosh, I love returning. <laughs> my kids love it. That's where my Chima love gets. It. That's where Chima gets all of his um, piggy bank money. Yeah. So my son also has a piggy bank, mm. and. He calls it his business. He's like, oh, <laughs> mum's bottles, I have to go give them away for my business. I love that. See, you're already raising a little entrepreneur. Oh, like, that's right. That's great. <laughs> but I love doing that bottle yeah. thing. That's you, a great initiative. Can I just say, this will be a really good learning for me mm-hmm. um, because this makes me sound like I'm just a spoiled little crap um but so you know I I'm sitting here being like yeah I just paid off all my all of my debt I probably could have paid off debt a long time ago Mm -hmm. because John and I one or the other of us is at the shops every single day because it's like oh I forgot this and Mm -hmm. so it'll be like we go back budget um I can say I've had a budget. Have I stuck to a budget? Um, to be honest, we used to do Barefoot Investor mm. um, and it worked. And why we stopped, I don't know. Do you ever do that thing where you're like, oh, I've got this money. And so you're like, oh, it must be working. And then you stop doing it. You're like, why isn't it working anymore? Yeah. So um, we've actually started back. Uh, we're starting, we're not we have. We are starting back on Barefoot Investor. Um, that has worked for us that? in the past. I've never read that book. So what is starting back on Barefoot Investor? Um, oh, look, it's just a particular approach to trying to save your money specifically like what um Reese said is that it helps to set you up to have yeah it's it's an allocation so you do have an emergency fund you've also got a fund that you can actually spend however way you like it's called the splurge yeah Mm -hmm. and then you've got an account where you you know it's called the smile account and you literally save for things that might be you know more than what you need for sorry more than what you need that don't really classify as just a splurge moment but it might be that you're planning for a little getaway oh this is um, the book so talia read this book and then she came to me and she's like because life-changing book <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she was hey. like, it changed my life for about nine months and then she was like this is what you do to save money and she told me and i was like See what I mean? Lara and be clever. So tell me the life. Who's the the spender in your marriage, Tata? Is it you or hubby? 100% me. 100% me. Um, And it's funny because you just said, you know, you work really hard for your coin. Like that's, Mm. you know, you're away from your family. And for a really long time, I'm like, I work hard, I spend hard. (laughs) (laughs) So. Um, but yeah. 100% that's been me. I remember when, okay, just sorry, a little backstory. My housemate and I, shout out to Sophia, when we lived in Brisbane, we, oh my gosh, we were the biggest moipies. Um, Like, honestly, best housemate ever. Her and I were so, so great living together. But we also worked together. We had the same group of friends and all that jazz. But we worked um, for government. And we were young, 20, like 20, 21 year olds working in a government role that was actually very well paying for yeah, well as, paying government, as, especially Queensland. Government. It would be yeah. like your bestie, right, Laz? 
um Chantel. Oh yeah, she makes yeah. 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 She's always made great money. Mm. Yeah. As so in when, like government, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So we're making great money at a really young age. Again, not having any idea of what to do with our money. Mm. And her and I say even to this day, we're like, honestly, imagine if we had a saved um we saved nothing. I don't know mm. how you I mate, our garage was our make. wardrobe. That's how often we shopped. But to be honest, we used to like thrift shop. We loved off shopping. No, but we just I used saw to their spend... listen, I saw their garage when I went there. <laughs> and can I explain to you? It was this entire double garage. Was it a double garage? No, a single. Well, it was a huge garage, right? A mountain of their clothes. Yeah. Like a the entire floor. And I was like, y'all is some... Y'all, I'm judging. <laughs> you don't mind going through our clothes at the time. I've got a question. I've got a question oh. for both of you. Because mm. for me, I find the Australian culture around money and mm. youth mm. really crazy. And I know that yeah, I don't so. have the statistic. Someone who's listening, please You don't want to just know. throw out a number like but, you did with that billion dollar industry. I can if you want. I can if you want. But basically, Australians are the, um, out of the world, are the highest in debt in terms of um, consumer mm. debt for millennials. millennials. Um, mm. And I think, yeah, I think my question for you guys is what are your thoughts on the normalisation of young people, millennials, taking out loans for things like holidays and cars and and just that lack of um, financial, or maybe just, just the not even lack of, just what are your thoughts on that um, culture? Scary. That's what I think it or is. Or do you think it's it's a thing or is it just... It's definitely a thing because, um, yeah, we, we're in a time right now where it's the norm to sort of be flashy yeah. with, mm-hmm. um, or celebrate um, or idolise th- materialistic things. Like I see a lot of posts about people's new cars, which majority are generally financed um, yeah latest phones yeah. shoes brands yeah. i think i say scary because you know we also have millennials who are in a very vulnerable state mm. when it comes to their mental health because there is this keeping up with or not being cool enough or mm. feeling like they're not enough mm. yeah. and when it comes to money that the emotional attachment to money detachment when you don't have it is I, I feel like that's really scary and that's why a lot of people um end up with a lot of mental health issues my two cents on it is from being in new york and from being in london and yeah. then back in australia well, you traveled we get it <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny to see different cultures okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just funny yeah. to see different cultures and how people move and i okay. noticed that Definitely in London. I don't know if it was just where I lived, but mm. youth did not just frivolously spend Spends. like Australians. And yeah. I learned the hard way because I would go when I first got there. I spent my money like crazy on like clothes, and and I learned quickly like, oh my god, I don't even need this, and nobody's doing this but yeah. me. And so then I come back to Australia, and it still blow, blows me away sometimes at the amount that we go out and eat mm. and the how casual it is for my friends to be like, oh, I took out a loan because I went on a Europe tour or, you know, 
just how easy it is. I took out a credit card because I want to go to a concert. I think that was what yeah. the example that AJ and, gave And before. it speaks to the um the mentality we have here. But my my thing is, my opinion on it is, is that Income. we live in such a cushioned um, society here that we can easily, well, not easily, but we can get Centrelink. Mm. Um, we can get payments. There's... We live in a culture where, like, a lot of people then just live with their parents. Or so, yeah, so how does, how does that work, Laz, in America? Like, in America, there is no there is no welfare fund. There's food stamps. Yeah. Well, in the state that I was in, yeah. New York, yeah. I think when I fell pregnant and then I was only temping, so I had to go on the benefit program just to go see the doctor. Yeah. Um, it was terrible. And wow. I wasn't eligible for any payment but food stamps but like i had a job so i could afford food yeah yeah, yeah. um but that's it yeah. and so it's crazy they don't have the mentality of like oh we're just gonna spend yeah like australians because <laughs> they don't have that luxury no and we have that over here and i yeah. think it creates you mentioned debt. something about income like we have such good like we have good wages and salary yeah. here that it is almost this oh it's all right i'm just going to keep on getting paid so i can just yeah. afford to live yeah. like this but really it's like oh no you can't which is just a cycle it just yeah. ends up being a cycle yeah um and that was us for so long we had yeah. we ended up having you know um living paycheck to paycheck yeah, especially that. if you're in a circle where everyone's doing it your mentality and your mindset almost becomes like oh well this is acceptable but since i feel personally leveling up on my financial literacy and also my dreams goals and aspirations for where i want to be in the next five years if i continue to live uh with that behavior and mindset i'm just going to be in the same place that i was in back then so we, I just feel as a collective, it's so critical to um, really just sit down with yourself and check in with yourself about your priorities and your goals and understand what behaviours are hindering you from actually getting there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because sure. sometimes you are your own worst enemy when it comes to dealing with your debt and your money and, yeah. Yeah. It takes work, just like with anything, with getting your dream body, getting a degree, anything yeah. like on that scale, it takes work and sacrifices. And I think this is the thing that people fail to acknowledge is, yeah, but like Tata, like you becoming debt-free, I'm sure you can attest to the fact that it took a lot of sacrifices, especially being a mother of three. Um, it's not easy, but you, it's so necessary to make those sacrifices. Otherwise... You're just not going to get there. Yeah. Yeah, now I just need to be smarter and not go to the shops every day. I need to actually make a budget and live by it. Yeah. So. so even if it's not a budget, it's actually a strategy. So having a strategy in place to be like, okay, shit, I'm an impulsive buyer. So maybe instead of going to the shop, I'm going to go around to the pantry. I'm going to go around to my, my cupboards and check out my stock. I'm mm. going to do an online order. Yeah. I'm not going because if I go and I'm hungry, I might splurge on this category of food or yeah. get too you much don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making an assumption based off my that's own great, experiences. That's a great strategy. And not only that, when I take my daughter, I kid you not, she's at an age where she's so comfortable at our local war. She runs off and dead set picks like twenty dollars worth of things, and it's oh just. Gosh. It's not sustainable, not for our family. My partner um, is in his final year of his apprenticeship. And whilst it's, we're so close to being debt-free, 
we're still not in a position where we can spend so fr frivolously. Um, and so it, it may not be your budget that's failing you. It's just about having the strategies in place to mm. enable you to have the success to keep to your budget. Yeah. 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 I love that. I lo uh, so I love, we love what you do. We love what you're yes. sharing. I think it takes so much courage um, just to share those vulnerable moments that you've shared and those mm. humbling moments of life. Because I think so many of us have been there, but we're too ashamed to share them. Yeah. Yeah. I know I'm one of yeah, them. Definitely. Um, and so I think what your, your story and your journey is going to set a lot of people a lot of women free from the mm. stigma and allow them to really look at their finances and set them free financially as well. So I want to thank you on behalf of us. <laughs> I think no, what thank you're doing you. is amazing. Keep doing it. Um, thank you for coming on Thanks and talking on. with us. Yes. So thank you guys you. and um we will link larissa's handle because she's so <laughs> cool and so to follow wait um, just tell us what is your tell us what your handle is mm. oh my gosh it's a mouthful i don't know why i picked this handle <laughs> i feel like it's more like an uh anyways the budget plan organized mama organized with an s because i'm from australia um yes. not really feeling not really sure about the organized part i feel like that's more an aspirational tag than it is my real life but oh, um, no. yes. <laughs> but yeah um, we're gonna tag you. thanks so much again cousin keep normalizing the conversation about money taking the shame out of it we love you thank you so thank much you all the things squad love you both bye Yay, i'll be jumping in your dms for some advice <laughs> bye right. ladies thank, right. thank you so much love you guys bye. bye thank you for tuning in to all the things you can follow us on instagram at all the things.talk if you haven't yet subscribe rate and review this podcast wherever it is you get your podcast fix we hope you join us next week for conversations on all the things.